it has to be someone. And that's something that you have to know. And it doesn't necessarily mean that it's 100% the truth. But if we're going to say a source, it is someone that is related to that person. I mean, what do I mean by related? It could be someone as close as their best friend who called us to tell us something so that they could get in the magazine. And that's a, that's a big thing. And so we, we don't necessarily pay for information, but you know, you, you tell us about Miley Cyrus and we'll put you, we'll give you placement in the magazine in the mm. spotted section. So it should change the way you look at that spotted section. Not always. Sometimes people are just spotted and interesting and cool. It's not a hundred percent. It really is people close to them and it's pretty incredible. And just them wanting the notoriety and people are like, well, I'm sure that you know, the Kardashians told that person that, you know, they wanted this. No, the information they're giving us, the Kardashians didn't want us to know. Welcome to Mentors on the Mic. I'm your host, Michelle Miller, a New York City native actress with credits in film, television, off-Broadway, and commercials. Every Monday, I'll bring you an incredible mentor in the entertainment industry, focusing on how they started and how they moved up to where they are today. Thanks for listening, and let the episode begin. So thank you guys for coming back. I am so excited for this mentor, Elizabeth Van Mitri. Okay, so she has a bit of a colorful career that we talk about. She started off as an editorial intern at InTouch and Life and Style magazine before becoming a reporter for that sort of conglomerate. And so she talks about that life, right? To what did she do at those places? What's an entry-level job in those places? What's an internship like? And she moves on to the New York Daily News as a digital entertainment night editor and Entertainment Tonight. She was a reporter and a writer there. And so she did all this and she has great stories. Um, I actually found her on TikTok and I found her and I saw these videos about these different celebrities and just, you know, what is a source and all of this stuff that I didn't know about this side of the entertainment world. And it was so interesting. And she did all that. She got her degree or second degree um, in journalism at Columbia. And now she's taken a completely different, sort of completely different path. She's um, in, She was in Wyoming for a while as a morning news anchor and a special projects reporter. And now she's in Missouri as a fill-in anchor and reporter for KYTV. So she talks about that transition as well, uh, why she decided to leave New York and I also just feel like her advice on mentoring and just in, in the advice that she gives people who want to start in entertainment is so valuable. So as as her TikTok videos, which I highly recommend checking out, they're in the show notes, her TikToks in the show notes. But I, I just found it so valuable, her mentorship and her advice on just how to start entertainment. Like, what do you do? How do you get out there? Especially if you don't see those jobs on hand. So if you don't see them available, how do you make it happen for yourself? Before we start the episode, I just wanted to let everyone know that I am doing uh, a five-day joy in acting challenge right now. It's starting today, Monday, October 26th, and this Friday, the 30th. And all it is is just a reconnect to why you love acting. If you've never, if you've never acted before, this is also for you. If you've ever been curious, all you have to do is 15 minutes of 
acting a day. So for all you actors that want just to reconnect with what makes you so excited and happy and just everything feeling magical, if you have, you know, did acting when you were younger and you're like, I really want to try and I just don't know where to begin, this is for you. If this is something you've always wanted to try, never done before, this is for you too. If you are interested in the five-day join acting challenge, reach out to me on Instagram or Facebook page, Mentors on the Bike on the mic. I send you ideas. We collaborate together. Um, We're going to talk to each other about what we're doing, maybe get a partner for something. I will support you in this. This is also a way for me to feel reconnected again in how much I love acting. And so I wanted to just share that with the community. So if you're interested, find me on social media. So without further ado, welcome Elizabeth Van Mitri. Hello, Elizabeth. How are you? Good. So excited to just be chatting with you about all this. This is awesome. Me too. So I always like to start with what was your first role in the entertainment industry? You know, my first role was a intern at a tabloid. Um, And I think that people always, you know, you you have these like images that you just like have a job and we graduate and we just have to figure out a way. And so that first role was truly just intern at tabloid. So essentially my first job role was transcribing reporters interviews. <laughs> Sounds really fun. Sounds it like was really great. <laughs> it was so why, very great. Why that role? Like what made you decide Like, did you have an idea ahead of time what you wanted to do? Or you're just like, I just want a job, you know, like this is a hard industry to get into. No, I, I absolutely knew that I wanted to be an entertainment. I, I loved e-news. I knew that I wanted something to that extent, though going through and learning, I, I changed my mind of exactly what I wanted my end goal to look like. Yeah. But just going and I knew I wanted to work in entertainment. And so I moved to New York. And I think that that's something that people think that they can get a job first and then move to a big city. Mm. But these jobs are not looking, they're looking at your resume. They see you live in for me, North Carolina. They're not going to bring me in. That's just a lot of work when there's so much great yeah. talent right in the city that they don't have to pay for to get there. Right. So I knew I had, I had a mentor tell me move to New York. So, or move to LA, you need to make up your mind. Well, I was on the East coast. So I just moved on to New York. Yeah. Worked at European wax center and had an internship. Which, which, which location? The one on the East side. I've, I've passed by that numerous times. I'm on the East side. Yes. So that's great. I probably <laughs> saw you in the clear window. They have all these clear windows there. Yes. So I worked at European Wax Center, front desk girl, and just did this internship. Um, it quickly turned into a job opportunity. It um, did. I wanted to talk about that because you, I feel like went through your internship pretty quickly. So three months. Yeah. I mean, that's quickly, right? In my opinion, yeah, yeah, especially yeah. to get a, like a reporter job right after. So, so what can you say what the internship was for and what did you do? Just to start so, off with, you said transcribing, yeah, but yeah, it was, it was a tablet internship and essentially what I was doing, I mean, truly just transcribing what reporters were, were working on doing research for reporters. I remember I had this one moment where I think that the people I was working with were like, oh, she's got some chops to her. So there was this mm. Instagram photo of Miley Cyrus and no one knew where she was, but we knew she was in Miami. Um, and we wanted to see where she was, maybe to send paparazzi to that location, maybe just to do some sweep up information of that hotel. We, and we could see that there, there was these, there was some, or wherever she was, hotel or whatever, we could see there was a design in the background and it was like this Instagram photo that she had posted, or maybe it was on Twitter. I can't remember. And immediately 
while everyone's like, you know, all the reporters are panicking, there's people beside me just transcribing or playing on their phones, other interns or other interns there. I was like, okay, I think I can find this. So I start Googling all Miami hotels and I start looking at photos and Eventually, I find this photo of this like amazing wall inside one of the Miami hotel rooms or inside one of the Miami hotels that matched perfectly with where she was. We knew where she was. We were able to send people there immediately. And that was just that one moment that I felt like they were like, okay, she's, you know, maybe we have something, something here. Yeah. Do you remember how, how like long into the internship that that sort of moment happened? I mean, probably a month and a half in. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is becoming an intern and then becoming a reporter. And then funny enough, within maybe a year of being a reporter at this particular tabloid, I was in charge of hiring the interns. I realized pretty quickly that you don't have to be incredibly amazing to stick out. You mm. just have to work just a little bit harder than those around you. I, do, I wasn't exceptional. I wasn't the best writer. I wasn't the best um, at everything. I just care just a little bit more. Yeah. And that was enough for me to stick out than people who just come in and just play on their phones during their, I mean, it's just such it just like the, just following the basics can and it's really, because so you saw that on the other side too, because now that you were hiring interns later at your job, you were like, I, I know which ones are standing out for that reason. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Just so, yeah, go on. being able to work quickly. You know, that's a big thing. I think people, um, and it's something that I, it's always stuck with me is just being able to work fast. Mm. It's so important. Yeah. So. so you did this for three months. And then what? How did that take off? How did that go to the next thing? Funny story. So someone in the newsroom was talking about launching a new magazine. And essentially what the reporters did is they kind of worked for all the magazines under this one publishing company, company, all tabloids. And I heard someone talking and they were like, yeah, we still need to hire a reporter. And so I was like, huh. Hey, so I've been working here and I work really hard. And could I at least apply for the position? And they were like, Absolutely. And so that conversation, I mean, within days I had a job. I mean, it was very quick after. Interesting. It's, it's so much easier to just have someone who's already there, In right? House. Yeah. Yeah. And that is, is that the next step? So for interns there, did, was that like a reporter, the next job essentially? The, for interns there, the next step was to leave. I mean, I was wow. truly, we didn't really hire many. Well, I was there. We hired, a, we hired one other intern within about a year of me being there. We hired another girl who mm. um, had been an intern too, but yeah, it wasn't a normal thing. Okay. Interesting. So then, so what was your first day as a reporter like? You know, I think it was just a, a huge learning curve for me. Um, I didn't really understand, you know, how to ask questions, but I didn't know the right kind of questions to ask or the importance of researching before, before you do things. And it's, it's also a testament to that working quickly. You know, you go to a red car carpet and they give you this piece of paper and the piece of paper has every single celebrity's face on it. Mm. These are, these are one sheets and how big are each image? Just curious. Is it like just pretty small? Yeah. With their, with their name underneath. And so immediately you're like, okay, so I know who this is and I know they've been dating this person. So I want to make sure I ask about that. Or maybe, um, you remember your boss being like, if this person's here, you need to ask that and just like writing questions on this piece of paper as quick as you can. And there's like, cause you have like three minutes as soon as you get there, you know, and then you're 
okay, I have no idea who this person is, but I've seen his face before, Googling, looking up news to see. So, you know, quickly learning how to kind of navigate red carpets. Do you get a particular like area? Like this is my area with my cameraman. Like how does that work? So at at the time it was just tablet, so I didn't have a camera. It was just me and my phone recording um, on red carpets. And yeah, yeah, we all have our own little space. Yeah. And that, and Another important thing is the networking, which I learned very quickly. So, you know, the PR for these events control where you stand on that red carpet. Mm. And so being friends with them is such a benefit. And, you know, a lot of people aren't kind to PR people. And when you're really high stress situations, maybe you didn't get the answer you want. But, you know, building those relationships and being like, hey, do you want to get drinks later was so important. And they would pull me to the front. So, you know, my tabloid would never be beside People Magazine. Mm. But if I had friends, they sure would be, you know what I mean? So just having those spots, because the further down the red carpet, you start getting maybe the blogs or the other things. And there's nothing wrong with those, but in like the world of entertainment, they're just less desirable in a lot of ways, as far as having celebrities stop and talk. Well, it also makes sense because I feel like after celebrity does like a few different interviews, they're like, okay, let's just get into the event now, or let's just go in. And so you're missing sometimes the rest of that carpet, I imagine. Right. Listeners are going to only talk to the first few people anyways. Absolutely right. And the people who are maybe just new into the business would be more likely to maybe talk to everybody, get their name out there more, but for sure. Yeah. So, so that particular job, so you did some red carpets. What else did you do? You know, it was a lot of celebrity parties doing observations, which would truly mean I'm at a celebrity party. No one really knows that I'm a reporter. I'm not introducing myself as a reporter, Mm. but kind of watching what everyone's doing. So then when you read in the magazine, a source said XX was dancing on the table. Likely that would be me. Like I would have seen it happening. I would take a note of it and send that out. So, you know, going to these celebrity parties and sort of events where celebrities are going to show up and doing things about that. And then during kind of, you know, those all, all those things happen during the day uh, or at night. But during the day, I was, you know, researching background on celebrities, putting together these huge just reports of like, okay, so we know that we're going to talk about Kim Kardashian this week. Um, and we're talking about how uh, I'm just trying to, you know, she's having a baby. And so I need to go and I need to look up all the other stories right now that she's having a baby. I need to like pull everything together. So the writers, Mm. it was kind of a unique situation that a lot of magazines don't have the opportunity because a lot of times, you know, you're the reporter and the writer. I was truly just an information gatherer. There's this first job, which is really fun. I think. And at the time I didn't realize how fun it was. And, you know, I was ready to like get out and start writing my own stories. Right. But at the time, but it was actually super fun when I think back to it. And I don't think I appreciated it as much at the time. But it's also nice because you talk about how like you were on a salary as opposed to others, maybe that were more commission based, I assume, or just, I'm not sure if they were, but for you, you were like, if I gather information, great. If I'm not able to gather like salacious information, that's fine. I'm still on a salary. Like I don't have as much pressure as other people might. Right. I mean, there's the pressure of just being like, wanting everyone to be happy with you. You don't want to get fired or anything. So there's the pressure of being able to pull things, but it definitely, um, as far as like commission based, most of the writers and stuff are on a salary or or by hourly, even paparazzi are the ones, you know, that really you want that photo. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that because one of your videos, I'm going to be just referencing your TikTok videos a bunch, but one of your videos, you mentioned about like how much the price of a photo would normally be something like a cover story for a tabloid would be for a paparazzi. You know, it depends on what the, what the photo is showing, but 
I always think back to there was this one photo that all the magazines were fighting over and it was when Angelina and Brad Pitt, they were kind of on the rocks. We had started getting on reporting and that they were sort of just, everything was a little bit rocky. And there were these photos of both of them. I just remember Brad like hunched over with a cigarette mm. and, um, and Angelina's like yelling and it's these photos on a balcony and all them. I just remember everyone was freaking out. We have to have these photos. Everyone wanted exclusive rights to these photos. Everyone's fighting back and forth in them. You know, all the big publications are wanting these pics because it just matches this kind of storyline that we've all been following of this like massive breakup, right. Um, in Hollywood. And, um, so there was so much pressure to get these photos, but I mean, millions of dollars mm. for this for this series of maybe six photos. Um, and another thing that's negotiated and another moment where, when it says like a source said, um, we would oftentimes talk to the paparazzi and find out maybe yeah. what they were yelling about or what they were talking about. So that's another kind of thing. We'll buy photos if we can get this information made for some mm. of the smaller photos. You know, I can't, I don't remember, or maybe I just never even knew how much we would pay for yeah. smaller amounts, like, like a picture of Katie yeah. Holmes walking down the street. That's not going to sell for a lot, but it's those, uh, you know, Katie Holmes with Tom in a fight. I mean, those truly millions right. of dollars. We're talking millions. So like stories, essentially things like pictures that can tell a story, then you can make a whole thing about and sell. Absolutely. Um, and how different would it be for like rights, for instance, for a tabloid versus like a channel, like a news channel, or is it like affiliated with one another? So for example, yeah, like if, if you were like, um, if Entertainment Tonight got hold of something, would that be shared with like a tabloid or would that be like, because you were talking about exclusive rights. So I was just thinking about that. Right. So it, it, that all has to be a part of it, right? So j absolute exclusive rights would be like only the magazine can have it, but it can be like exclusive for broadcast, exclusive mm. for print. Got so then there's it. even more. So there's a lot of rules and a lot of money that can be kind of wow. thrown around. That's crazy. It's so much to think yeah. about. So I know that you were also at like specific places, for example, like Entertainment Tonight, New York Daily News. Were you doing the same thing this whole time? Was it like just different thing, like covering as an entertainment reporter? How did that work? So when I left um, the tabloids, I took a, a different kind of position. So I took a position as an entertainment editor mm. at the New York Daily News. And so that was um, all digital. And so I was, I had my writing job that I had dreamed of and it ended up being a nightmare. Um, oh. not, not because, not because of anything of the New York Daily News. It just wasn't, it was so different than what I was doing. And I didn't realize how unfun that can be. And I had this really fun job at the time. And I was like, Oh, now I'm going to a bigger place and more people are going to talk to me. Well, the truth is when I moved, when I left the tabloid and went to daily news and then even entertainment tonight, for the most part, I wasn't getting to speak with celebrities. I was instead kind of doing a lot of rewrites. Like we would see a different, a different organization said this and type that up or writing stories about, I mean, I swear if I have to write ever for the rest of my life, another story about Britney Spears in a bikini, I will lose it. Like that was just, it truly just started to get mind numbing. And there are some people who are so good at that and so fulfilled in that and like more love to you. I'm just, my writing is just not, it's just not that enjoyable to me. And it just was like, uh, and because it was like, uh, I just wasn't that great at it. Do you know what I mean? 
where like being out talking to people, recording was something I was so good at and like quickly picked up and just loved. It, It was just not what I really wanted to be doing. And you were there for how long for, you were at, um, you were at a senior daily news. Yeah. For, for less than a year. I saw that. And you went right to entertainment tonight after that. Right. I did. So what'd you do there? So entertainment tonight, I worked on the digital side. So, um, kind of doing the same things, writing, but I did have more access. You know, we were in the studio. So there was the studio in the newsroom and it was all together. Like I sat beside producers who were working on the show. I did get to cover, I mean, just a couple of red carpets and talk to a couple of celebrities on the phone. It was nothing like those early 20 years, though. It was nothing as fun or as wild. And a lot of it was also that whole idea of a rewrite thing. And I just got so bored of it that my writing suffered. Like it just was hard to write. I'm like, if I have to write the same thing over again, like someone else is reporting, it was exhausting. And so did you kind of decide, I mean, cause you didn't go back to going to like, you didn't go back to tabloids. So what was, what was your thought in terms of your next step? You know, I thought like, maybe I want to go back to go back to tabloids, but I realized that, you know, just the thing about entertainment while fascinating for some people, it is like what they want to do. And for the rest of their lives. And I think that there are some really cool aspects to it and there are really cool job opportunities in there. I was just tired of covering the same characters every single day. So it was the Kardashians and just the same people, Britney Spears, like, and all these people are absolutely fascinating. It's so much fun to talk about now and like look back on. And And I do love entertainment. I think it's really, really fun, but I just... For me, I got like it for my brain, it got so boring mm-hmm. and I just wanted to talk to more people and I wanted to travel and I wanted to, I don't know, just do something different. And so I did what everyone does when they're confused and went to grad school. Yeah. How was grad school? <laughs> Columbia? Oh, it was so much fun. I was around my undergraduate experience wasn't the best as far as like, I don't feel like I learned enough to be prepared for the real world, but being in grad school, I was around all these really brilliant thinkers for like really mm-hmm. the first time that I felt like I really was during my schooling time, like people who really cared. About, I mean, you're, you're paying so much to go to the school. You're a little older. And so it was just so mm-hmm. much fun. And, um, I got the opportunity to be a Scripps Howard fellow. So I got to go report in India on religion and like th- these opportunities yes. that were like so amazing. So that was a really fun year and a moment of being like, Oh wait, I can, I can report. And then also feel good about what I'm doing too. Because a lot of times, you know, I talk mm-hmm. about this sometimes because people ask about this a lot. Like I don't feel bad about what I did when I was an entertainment reporter. I don't feel bad about the information I gave because I'm not going to sit here and guilt myself for doing what I thought was right at the time. Gosh, yeah. I hope that my ethics change in my early twenties now, but the ethics are so different in normal journalism Yeah, that it's, it's kind of a relief. Yeah. And then, so did did you decide in grad school that you wanted to go the anchor route? Because that's similar, but different at the same time. Did you always have that idea in the back of your head? I always had loved my local news station growing up in North Carolina. And I just thought that that would be such a cool job. And I have this thing in my head that I want to experience everything. And I really mean that. And, you know, when I was working um, there was a little bit of a gap between entertainment tonight and grad school, like a couple months. And I was like, you know what? I've never bartended. I want to try this. So I went and like auditioned to be a bartender for a night. I did not get hired. All I can make was whiskey cokes, but I wanted to know what that 
was like. And I worked at a a store in Brooklyn, even throughout grad school to help pay for things. And I had never worked in retail before. I had just, I literally graduated from college and had this incredible job experience. Like there's just, I never got that like gap time to kind of like do random things. And I nannied, I like don't know anything about kids. And this woman like let me nanny her kids. And it was (laughs) It was so fun and just getting, I just wanted to experience everything. So when I was looking for a job out of grad school, I was like, you know what? I want to go anywhere. I just want to, I had started to get all this anxiety and I thought, oh my gosh, as an adult, I'm just an anxious adult. And I was like, I just need to go somewhere else and just, Mm. just like get control of all this anxiety from, you know, whatever I didn't know at the time. And so there was this position that popped up in Wyoming for a morning news anchor. And I was like, I am way like, I'm not trying to sound like a jerk, but I am like way overqualified for this like small market. Like, and they immediately hired me for that position. I took such a huge pay cut. I moved to Wyoming for a year and I realized that, you know, my anxiety was probably New York and the stress of New York. Like Mm. I don't have that anymore. Like I feel like I'm back before I don't have that anxiety. And so that was, you know, there's such power and mental health as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm I'm actually curious because I do want to hear a little bit about this. Do you have an end goal of like what you'd like to do or are you doing it? Cause I mean, you could just be doing this and, and kind of moving up whatever, but in terms of like, is there an end goal of like where you see yourself in this business, you know, in 20 years, are you going to be an anchor in a specific place that might be hard to get after a while? Do you want to be, you know, in local news? Like what, what's, do you have an end goal? You know, it's, I feel like I'm in such a pivotal moment and I always tell, I'm like mentoring these people that off of TikTok actually. I know. It's awesome. I'm like asking them to don't tell me what you want to do in 10 years because that's Mm. just so impossible. Like who even knows if you even want to be in entertainment in 10 years? What do you want to do now? What's the dream now? And, you know, there's, I feel like I've always been ambitious and it's part of me that's like back to New York City. I want to work for the Today Show would be like the ultimate dream. And then I could, and I believe I can make it happen because I believed I've made everything else happen in my life. But, but then there's part of me that goes, okay, so what do we sacrifice for those things? You know, I really like owning a home right now, something that I could not do in New York. I would not be in that position in New York right now. I really like the idea of having a family in a couple of years. And for a lot of the, you know, you look at the Today Show anchors, they were really not able to have kids until much later, which is cool, but I Mm. want a lot of kids, you know, and they're just, what do you have to give? And so it becomes less about what, you know, this like mm. dream and what's the ultimate goals, you know, of life. Cause that Absolutely. stuff matters too. I think I specifically thought that because there's some people, I, I mean, I don't know very much about the anchor route at all. And, you know, being a journalist is like something I've had to like ask people about, but I think that I've, I've heard that like a lot of times people do take anchor positions in more local news around the country so that they could develop like a huge, you know, like I guess real, but also career somewhere like stand out in the local market and then come back to a bigger network. And I don't know if that's, if that is true. And if that is true, I was wondering if that was just something you were thinking of. There is, I mean, there, you really do climb markets and that's kind of like the dream. And sometimes people will go back in markets or, you know, for whatever reason they want us, but you pick it on your lifestyle. So now I'm no longer in Wyoming. I'm now in Missouri. Um, and it's a much larger market than where I was at in Wyoming. Okay. How is Missouri? And yeah, you, I like it. It's it's, it's really 
interesting. Mm. I felt really lucky in the sense, like as a journalist, to be able to live in places where people are so politically different everywhere. I mean, moving right. from even just from New York to Wyoming um, was such a such a stark difference, and it's so good for me because, you know, as a as a journalist, you'll never. You, my fiance is even on the fence about where I stand, but like politically, you'll you're never gonna know from me. Cause I'm going to be just as critical or just as understanding of every single person. I've made it my life goal for that. And it annoys a lot of people. <laughs> um, cause you, they want, everyone wants you to take this huge stand, but I, I really try to see both sides to everything. Smart. I think minus like idea. a couple of, minus a couple yeah, of yeah, things. Yeah. 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 Ethics. Yeah. Yeah. We got some ethics here. Moral, right? Yeah. 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 I hear you though. What but, do you think is your job as a journalist to be curious and to like ask questions and kind of, you know, not take everything at face value. You want to make sure that you're getting a bigger picture. So it's good that I think you're going to always, yeah, take that. It is. And there, I learned a lot from the um, last presidential election. I was in grad school at the time. I was in New York City, which was a very liberal city. And, you know, I was very much involved and very much cared um, about everything that was going on around me. And, you know, just it, it was a lot at the time, you know, and I think we were all were feeling pretty high emotions that last election. I mean, I can remember everything about it. And I remember we had this panel at my graduate program and we went into that panel and some one of the girls was crying and she raised her hand and said, as journalists, what could we have done to prevent this from happening? And in my mind, in that moment, I thought, why would we prevent something from happening? We're history tellers. It's not our job to prevent it. It's our job to explain what happened mm. and to, to record the history of it. And to me, that was kind of a click moment for me as a journalist that there's a difference between, and I think both are so important, but like social justice writers or like, you know, where you're taking aside a stance of something and then being a journalist, your literal job is to report the facts what is known and let people decide. And if you can bring all that to the table, I think you're being the best journalist possible. And I know this sounds crazy, but a lot of my, the reason I think I'm such a scrappy reporter and I'm, women can't, women aren't supposed to be cocky about who they are, but I'm a good reporter. And good. Uh, I'm so glad that you're confident <laughs> about this. Yeah, I'm a good reporter. And a lot of that is what I learned in entertainment. I know that sounds literally insane, but I had these people that were like, bring us something back. It has to be something. It needs to be this. And that has just been so embedded in me. So yeah. I'm trying to think if, I, if there's anything else to say about being an anchor in, in Wyoming and now Missouri before we go back to entertainment stuff. Yeah, as far as, I mean... In Missouri, I'm actually just a reporter for the most part. I am a fill-in anchor if, like, oh, some of one of the bigger anchors yes. is gone. But now nice. I'm on the streets, and I think it's really, really fun. Yeah, so, I saw you, like, knocking and be, like, in front of people's doors and, like, ta having the microphone in their face. Is it that yeah. kind of thing? That's awesome. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of fun stuff, a lot of being out and about, so. And I also saw, I actually wanted to ask you about this. I also said that you're writing for different publications, too. So, like, different online stuff still. So, I think, like, um, the Daily Dot and, like, New York Daily News or, yes, New York Daily News still. Yeah, not New York Daily News as much. Occasionally, um, I will go in and write for the Daily Dot, um, which I just fun freelance that I've done for years. 
like if they need some help, it's such good money. Freelancing is such good money. Good. So I'll just I'm glad you're doing it then. On, on a Saturday, write a couple yeah. articles. Do you, and, so they reach out to you and they're like, we need this kind of article. Or do you ever pitch them stuff still? Um, I have pitched a couple of things, just some random. I saw a couple entertainment related and I saw a couple that was like about, um, wasn't there one like about like a Republican something or another? It was like political based. Yeah. And, you know, they asked me to write a couple of political things and some I won't do Mm. like the, you know, if it's like the 10 reasons President Trump is the worst president, I'm not doing that. I'm also not writing like the 10 reasons why we should have Hillary Clinton should have won. I'm not doing it. Like there, there's certain things like that they've asked me to do that I won't do. But a lot of it is um, just these really random poppy things that they have and just these little pieces every once in a while. Yeah. Just a little freelance. Awesome. So going back to entertainment stuff, obviously we talked a little bit, but I think it's fun to end on this kind of stuff too. One thing I thought was probably one of the first videos I saw of you, and I think it did really well on TikTok also, but it was um, sometimes like, what is that source sometimes? Like there's a few um, answers that you've given, but just if you could briefly kind of tell our listeners, like what are some of those, like when when it's reported that a, a source gave this information? It has to be someone and that's something that you have to know. And it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a hundred percent the truth, but if we're going to say a source, it is someone that is related to that person. I mean, what do I mean by related? It could be someone as close as their best friend who called us to tell us something so that they could get in the magazine. Mm. Um, and that's a, that's a big thing. And so we, we don't necessarily pay, um, for information, but we'll pay, but, um, we'll, you know, you, you tell us about Miley Cyrus and we'll put you, we'll give you placement in the magazine in the mm. spotted section. So it should change the way you look at that spotted section. Not always. Sometimes people are just spotted and interesting and cool. It's not a hundred percent, but if it's like a really random person, sometimes there I'm was like, once I remember, and we obviously, you don't need to confirm anybody. I remember once, like, I don't really look at the tabloids often, but when I remember once I did, this was a few years ago and I saw like, um, Jonathan, the food God guy. I watched the Kardashians too. And I was like, that's so odd that he's in the spotted section. Like I remember just thinking like at the moment, cause he wasn't as big. I was like, that's so odd. So later when you said that, and obviously you don't need to confirm anything. I just remember thinking like, I wonder if it's like these best friends sometimes just trying to get like something in the magazine too. Yeah. And it, everyone, you know, it's, it's fun to guess who it is, but, um, it, it really is people close to them and it's pretty incredible. And just them wanting the notoriety and people are like, well, I'm sure that, you know, the Kardashians told that person that, you know, they wanted this. No, the information they're giving us, the Kardashians didn't want us to know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's just not true. I mean, people think they have these big ideas of kind of the stuff. Also, I, you know, I do think that maybe some celebrity relationships are made up. Sure. But is that like a common practice? Also, like, that's just not true either. You know what I mean? They just met, you know, but it's just not common. I'm sure it's happened before. Everything's happened before, but I don't know. It's just these like kind of things we make up about Hollywood just aren't true. But um, yeah, those sources can be that they can be someone's PR. Um, Sometimes, you know, um, someone's PR could have told us something or it could be, 
a paparazzi. It could be me at a party. I mean, sources can really be a lot of things. So, so interesting. And so I remember you said on another video that like, uh, I guess a team representative or someone had contacted you off of that video and just kind of confirmed that was like, did they ask you who it was? Did they ask you who one of the sources was at some point? Cause they did, they did ask me about that. And, um, you know, I told them like, you know, I, I was doing this as like kind of a like I didn't uh, truly this whole TikTok thing just like back up for a second was such a, yeah. a joke like it was really? like my friend my friend was like you know I was making these TikToks and she's like you're so weird and then it just like kept being fun and I did that yes. one and it blew up and it went crazy and now crazy. it's like crazy a thing for everyone but, um, for, your, for you Paige it, it truly I didn't expect it to blow up like that I just yeah. I didn't expect it to blow up like that. I didn't expect to be reached out to by celebrities. Um, and we did chat and we did talk and there was like a, um, it was actually a really good conversation. It even got to the point at one point they were like, if you want to do future projects, like we love what you're doing. We love that you're talking about like the background of what's really happening. Let us know. We'd love to have this particular celebrity on your podcast. If you ever did something like that. Yeah. And so it was like, it was actually a really positive conversation where Great they where felt like appreciated and kind of validated. Yeah. Was it the it was celebrity pretty cool, or their like, team? Pretty once in a time. Was it the celebrity their or their team? team? It was their team. Yeah. 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 I hope you take them up on that. Yeah. It would be awesome. Um, this whole thing has just been wild. So, but it's been really fun. And, um, my favorite part's been, well, I offered like, let me mentor you. And now my DMS are so full of it. There's just no way that I I didn't realize that people were going to take it up like they were, but I have like four people who I'm helping right now. And I just have, talking to people who are so anxious about their next steps. It's really young people. Mm. Um, and I'm like, they, they have these dreams and they tell me their dreams and they're like, like, what's your dream if nothing mattered? Do you know what I mean? Like nothing mattered in the world. What would your dream be? And they say these things and I'm like, that's doable. And they're like, what? And you're like, that's a hundred percent doable. I was, I said it to a girl recently and she started crying and I was like, why are you crying? And she's like, she's like, it just doesn't feel like it's doable. I'm like, you just want to work for, you know, you want to work for the New Yorker. I mean, that's really doable. Like that's not an impossible task. You're not asking to be the, like the host of Bravo. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's that would be like, specific. that would be like, that's kind of, maybe we need to figure something out. We yeah. got broaden it up a little bit, but no, I mean, totally doable dreams where people think that they don't have a chance for mm. whatever reason. And our jobs, entertainment jobs in general, they're made to seem unobtainable like that's the that's that's how they're kind of portrayed and they're so obtainable you just yeah you just gotta do it it's one of the reasons why i'm doing this podcast because i'm trying to get different people in different parts of the industry just to explain their journeys and their roles just i think that a lot of people sometimes don't even know certain roles exist but then when they do know it exists they're like that's completely like unattainable just you know very hard to get and i think it's nice to have people like you come on and just be like Actually, you know, there are things you can do. So let me, let me ask this because you did make some great videos about, you know, if you want to get into, you know, in the entertainment industry specifically as a reporter, what to do, what are a couple of your suggestions? If right now it's very difficult to maybe see an open internship or entry level job, what would you suggest? Cause you had some great advice. 
Yeah. And this is for any job. Things are not posted all the time. And a lot of times things are never posted. It's by word of mouth. The absolute best thing you can do to get any job, even if you don't see anything posted, is to reach out to people who are doing roles that are either above what you're interested in or that particular position and ask for an informational interview. And they don't teach us this in college. They don't tell us all these informational interviews and how amazing they can be and what a great opportunity they are. You call them or you mess email them. And right now we're all on Zoom anyway. So truly, if you're living in Idaho, you're not in New York yet. You can still do these informational interviews and it's not a big deal. They're not telling you to come to their office. Ask for a Zoom one. And you ask so many questions. I mean, truly, every question you can think of. And it's an informational interview. So you can even ask personal, more personal questions. Like, what's the work-life balance like? Do you feel like you can have a family with this sort of job? Um, you know, the pay, does it start well? Does it change? Like, you can ask these questions that maybe would be a little more awkward in a regular interview. And then the most important well, important thing to do in this is to then end it with, okay, so thank you so much for talking to me. But, uh, and I was just curious, are there any internships opening or any jobs opening? Whatever the answer is, take it. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, great. Um, either apply and say, Hey, can I use your name? Or, you know, can I mention that we chatted or Hey, can you just keep me in mind for when one's going to pop up? And can I keep emailing you? And then the most important thing is to keep up and keep emailing them. And it's okay to ask people for help. I think we're so afraid that we're being annoying. The truth of the matter is no one's intimidated about you taking their job when you're an entry-level intern or anything like that. They want to help you. I mean, they want to help you. They want to be a part of that journey. There's such validation in helping people, especially when you're like, it kind of gives you like a position of power, especially the New York types, LA types. They love that kind of stuff. They love feeling like that. Right. So, you know, feeling comfortable enough to reach out is just, and just continue to build that. Just don't talk to each other anymore. I totally agree. And if you're unlucky to get that one or two people who are just not interested in helping, it's the anomaly. Like, I feel like you're right. I think most people are, are willing to talk and are willing to help. So just go to the next one. Go to the next one. There's so many people in roles and just getting your foot in that door, who care, you know, maybe they're going to leave that position in a year, but they're still going to know people who were there. I mean, you don't, even if you find someone who maybe used to work in the position you really wanted to do that will talk to you about it. They're going to know people. It's just so important. You can really do so many of these. I mean, I remember showing up to 17 magazine. I showed up to just like a general Connie Nast interview and just do these informational interviews. My internship in New York started with informational interview. And we just hit it off. And it was, I don't know. And then if you want to work in entertainment, you have, I remember doing interviews for internships. And my first question was always, what's the biggest celebrity news that you care about right now? Mm. So many people couldn't answer that. Why do you want to be here then? There's so many people who are so involved. You can't think of who your favorite, you can't think of what your favorite celebrity news is today. Yeah. That's crazy. So also just have some basic knowledge even for the informational interview. I always tell people, like hype people up a little bit too. Like if you want to work with a New Yorker and you have an interview with someone, I would go read every single one of their articles. And then I would refer back, oh my God, six months ago, you wrote the article about the bees. I loved that article. Just building those relationships. It's, I mean, it, they've been so vital to me. Yeah. So 
And also you tell people this, and I always tell people this when people ask is, especially with networking to like strengthen your existing network and not just to write to them when like things are bad or you need something, but also when things are good. So like write to them and congratulate them on something. Follow up like when things are good as well. Yeah. Not always when you're in need of something or even get sending them things like, Hey, I wrote this article. Will you check it out? You're not asking them to like give you a job. You're just asking them to like free look at something. Yeah. You also talked about like if a PR team, so like part of your thing at the tabloid was that if you would see that like you would call up your, like, I guess the team or the people there would call up a PR team and be like, Hey, we have a news story about X, Y, and Z celebrity. What would be their reaction to it? There were, you said that there were like a couple things they could do. They could agree. You know what? Uh, this is hypothetical. Beyonce's Beyonce is pregnant. That is true. Uh, it, it had to be something more juicy for us to really get into this. Beyonce uh, has done this wild thing. That's true. They could just be straight up about it. We know you guys have pictures. You've told us all the details. We know we have sourcing. Whatever. Just post it. We don't care. Another thing they could do. They could just deny it. That doesn't mean we're not going to run it. If we have the sourcing for it, we have one person that says that it happened and that's we have it. a picture. That's it. But we're going to do it anyways. Another thing that happens is exchanges. So it's so important if you're in Hollywood from my stance that you make sure that your PR team thinks that you are number one. Mm -hmm. Because what they would do is say, okay, we'll exchange really dirty information about these three people if you will pull that. Or we'll offer you an exclusive interview with Beyonce. You know, those are kind of the exchanges that would happen. But we would either get some maybe not so flattering information about maybe some celebrities that were maybe not the top of the PRs list or... We would, you know, maybe get some sort of exclusive where Beyonce would talk about, you know, problems with Jay-Z. I don't know, something like that, but something that was less crazy. Right. But also still something people would want to buy and like see. So interesting. And then, so, okay, let's end it on a fun story. So can you tell me, and I can give you a couple of the ones that you mentioned, but is there a fun story with a celebrity that you were like, that that was, that person was really nice. Cause I was like positive stuff. Well, I like this one because Paris Hilton commented back on my story I on TikTok. I saw that. <laughs> like famous. Yeah, but to me, it's like, I'm glad that she remembered me because it was going to be really embarrassing. She's like, I don't even remember you. So no, but she's super sweet. So there was a Bootsy Bellas pop-up in New York City. It was just a celebrity party. There was no red carpet. And I was just being sent to do observations. So it was one of those scenarios where I'm like dressed in my Forever 21 going out clothes like ready to party but you know i was just blending in with the rest of the group and um uh, we were drinking and stuff had to go to the bathroom normal girl thing go to the bathroom washing my hands and i look up and paris hilton's washing her hands right beside me and so in that moment i'm like oh my god like i love your dress and she's like you're so nice and you're so sweet or i can't remember but and then i'm like i just like love you so much and she was like she was like you're so cute and i was like you're so cute and we're like you know we're having so much fun and I love our outfits and like just having this, like, you know, when you're drunk in New York in a bathroom and the girls are in there hyping each other, Yes, that was what I had with Paris Hilton in the bathroom. And I will always remember it as like being this really sweet moment between she and I. Um, and you know, she didn't have the simple life voice on. She sounded so normal, but like just so kind And, you know, I think that she has really figured it out. And I say that about Kim Kardashian too a lot. Kim Kardashian has it figured out. She knows the importance of being nice to the media and nice to fans. You said that. She was always very nice to people around her. Yeah. Both of them have figured it out and they know who's paying their bills and they know the importance of that. And 
it's really hard to find someone say something negative about Paris Hilton. You know, see her new documentary. I haven't watched it yet, but I know it just got to go watch it. Oh, it's intense. It's so intense. Yeah. It's cool. It's cool to see like a part of her life that she really hasn't shown. And she obviously talks about dropping the voice and just being like, that's the character I've played. I have to like, remember sometimes to drop it, but there's a lot of stuff and the trailer kind of alludes to it, but it's very intense. Yeah. You know, and there's a part of me that completely understands why celebrities would want to have this character even. It, you, you give so much of yourself and there's so much just looking at you all the time and we forget that they're human. I always bring this up with the Jenners, the young Kardashian sisters. A lot of people say that Kendall and Kylie are mean to them or they had a bad experience with them. And maybe, you know, I was always around them in really calm situations. I was actually never around Kylie, but at least around Kendall and really calm, calm situations. And have you, they're so young. Have you ever tried to talk to an 18 year old? They're weird and awkward. Like an 18 year old, yes. you know, and they, these girls are normal. Like they're, they're normal people. They're humans living in this like kind of extraordinary life that doesn't make them like, you know, they're not going to be Kim who's in her thirties, who like is confident in herself. They're literally in their early twenties. These girls are babies. And of course, it, it, maybe it feels cold, but I'm sure more than anything, it's anxiety, being young, being unsure, not trusting you grew up in this weird world. And I just think that we have to consider everything going on yeah. at the same time, even with these celebrities. I was just going to say, oh, also, I mean, I think this is also, you, you said one story about Amanda Bynes, which we don't have to talk about, obviously, what you said with her, but morally, do you feel okay sometimes talking and giving this information out? And you were saying you once met Amanda Bynes, she told you some things and you were- Yeah, she, yeah. I was reporting um, and it was such a weird scenario because she was just running around New York City and talking to pretty much anyone who would talk to her. It was a very odd situation that, you know, we now know that this, I don't know what was going on our doctor, but some sort of mental thing happening. Obviously we could see it in the photos. We could see it on the internet as she was like tweeting all these things. Um, uh, yeah. Remember those tweets. Insane. Yeah. And it felt like, you know, this person really is having a mental break. And yeah, she told me things. I mean, I know that she's did the same thing to another reporter who was on that story. And um, there were, you know, I did turn in some stuff to my, to my magazine. Um, and I would have gotten in trouble, but now like looking back, there are so many things that I just have always kept to myself that she said, you know, things of, you know, that are so personal and whether they were true or the middle of a manic episode. Yeah. I don't know to this day. I'm not sure. Um, but there, there was a part of me that was like, this is getting exploity and I'm not going to, I see it happen right now with Kanye West too, where his mental state is becoming a headline yeah. and there has to be a point. And, you know, I was in the business. So now, I'm, you know, I can't point the finger too hard, but there has to be a point where we just realize that we can't exploit people who are as it can't be the headline that, you know, Kanye West is going crazy somewhere when he's obviously something deeper is going on. Mm -hmm. Even the tweets, it's just, it kind of starts getting gross. Yeah. So I guess we can wrap it up with um, saying with how would be, how would people be able to find you? So find me on TikTok. I am all over TikTok. It's Elizabeth Van Mitri on TikTok. I'm trying to change the name right now, but uh, right now it's Elizabeth Van Mitri. And I'm also on Instagram, um, which is a lot less about celebrities and more about clothes and other personal things, but that's Elizabeth Rose VM. 
Yeah, you're wonderful. Thank you so you're much. Wonderful. This is no, really, I think you shed light on this, you know, crazy world in a, in a different way. And I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, this has been really fun. So thanks for having me on here. Appreciate no it. All right, guys. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed that fantastic episode. And I wanted to read a review from uh, Coy Edward. Great podcast, five stars. Way cool to see how people got to where they are. Amazing to see how hard work and grinding pays off in the long run from people who have lived it and became successful. A must listen. Thanks so much. I really appreciate that. If you haven't already, please review on Apple Podcasts and you might just get your review read on the next episode. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for listening to Mentors on the Mic. If you enjoyed the episode, please share it with a friend you know would love it. Let me know what you learned or what stayed with you on our Instagram at Mentors on the Mic. I will be sharing even more information about our mentors there. These are crazy times and now more than ever, it's so important to connect. Talk to someone about what you learned today who would really appreciate it and send them the episode. Also, if you love the show, please go ahead and leave us a rating on iTunes. Every week I'm choosing a review to read on an episode. It really makes a huge difference in growing this. Thanks. Thanks.